Welcome to Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith, founder and president of the WealthCare Investment Center. Each week, we discuss strategies to help you preserve, protect, and enhance your wealth because saving for retirement is just the beginning. We've developed an innovative approach to retirement wealth and tax management, powerful strategies to help you get the most from your nest egg and help you live the retirement you want and deserve. Have a question for the team? Connect with us at wealthcare.com. That's wealthcare.com. Or call 888-888-5601. 888-888-5601. Get more retirement starts now. Thank you for joining us for Get More Retirement. Along with Bruce Smith, I'm Cheryl White. Hello, Bruce Smith. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Doing great. Bruce, in this segment, we're talking about planning for and living your retirement. And on the surface, the planning part may seem simple enough. Save as much as you can. And then when you retire, you pay yourself from what you've saved. Now, Bruce, in reality, we know retirement planning is so much more layered than that. And from your book, I know that you want us to understand the value of tax efficiency. Can can you define that term for us? Well, it's really about tax management. And think of it this way. Everybody told you pay taxes later. And in doing that with your retirement, what happens is you've taken on a partner, which is Uncle Sam. And everything that happens from the day you put that dollar into that account, that partner is going to share in those profits, meaning you're going to pay taxes not only on what you put in, but in all the growth of that money. So the longer it's growing, the more money Uncle Sam gets. So it, when you retire, you say, okay, you know, I'd like to be in a low tax bracket. And you find yourself now at the point, you know, where you want to minimize expenses. One of your biggest expenses is going to be paying that partner off, paying Uncle Sam. You'll pay him the rest of your life. Your surviving spouse will pay the rest of their life. And your kids will pay until every dollar is paid on all those retirement nest egg dollars you've accumulated. So, you know, it's understanding not just the cost of the taxes, but the loss of, of a portion of the growth of that money that, that should be yours. And you're sharing it with a business partner that uh, is quite frankly, taking a lot and doing not doing a whole lot for your business, but taking a lot in the form of Uncle Sam. Well, in your book, Create Wealth, Retain Wealth, you have a list of problems that some retirees may face. I love this because the last one is printed in bold in bright yellow and red, and it says, everyone has a tax problem. That's exactly correct. Everybody has an opportunity to fix that problem. Everybody has an opportunity to reduce their lifetime income taxes. Yet the financial industry's answer is we do not provide tax advice, but then they warn us and say, you know, but seek professional guidance before making any transactions because they're illuminating the fact that you have an opportunity to reduce those taxes or minimize those taxes with the right management, with the right planning. But in many cases, we're deferring to our financial person who says we don't do that. Mm -hmm. And so people unnecessarily overpay tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and even in some cases, millions of dollars during their retirement years, they don't have to. Now you say, are taxes really the largest expense for retirees? Yes. So would you mind going over some of the taxes that we might be overpaying, I guess is the question. The politicians have learned something. It's not just about a tax rate, uh, but they've learned you know, how to layer things. So you know, well, you think, okay, it's my income tax. Well, hold on a second. You have RMDs, required distributions, which means you lose control of your income stream and not knowing how much you're going to have. Uncle Sam's going to force you to take money you may not, may not or don't need. So you're going to have the taxes on the money you withdraw. Plus, you may find yourself being pushed into a higher tax bracket, meaning you're paying more tax per dollar. And then you find yourself maybe pushed into a higher Medicare bracket where you're paying more for your Medicare benefits because of income that you may be taking or being forced to take by Uncle Sam that you don't need. And then there's additional, you have your, your estate. If your kids are paying the income taxes, you know, typically they're earning more than what the retiree is. So that share, a larger share of the residue of your retirement account goes to Uncle Sam. So it's not really understanding and putting into, into numerical numbers, almost like if you're going to buy a new car. What's it costing me? What's the sticker price on this thing? And what am I really paying for it? You know, is understanding a forward-looking approach of saying, what is the total that's going to impact me? What's my cost going to be of all these things, all these layered taxes and, and issues for my lifetime? And what will the residue be to my kids? And once you know what that number is by not doing planning, which is what most people do, which is not do tax forward-looking tax management, is now, what if we manage those taxes? What's the savings? You know, if somebody has about a million dollars at 65, by the time they're 90, typically, we see it's a lifetime tax cost of maybe a million dollars. Now, that's over a period of years, maybe mm -hmm. 30 years, 25 years. But the fact is 
that you know with smart tax planning you can reduce that typically by 30 or 40 percent that's three or four hundred thousand dollars that you cannot pay Uncle Sam, keep in your account, keep it growing, keep it benefiting you, your family, your spouse. That's the name of the game. Bruce, I think this is or sounding to me like a two prong approach. So you save on taxes, but the money that you save allows you to grow income in, in retirement, to allow your money to grow. If you're growing your money, it's determining whether you grow your money and share a portion of that growth with Uncle Sam or you divorce that business partner or buy out that business partner, which is ah. Uncle Sam, and keep 100% of that, that gain. It's your money. It grew. You saved. You worked hard. You contributed. You have that money. You, you want it to work as hard as possible. And the best way for money to work as hard as possible is if it's working and making gains, I would like to have those for me and my family. I don't want to share them with Uncle Sam, who's not a member of my family. So and that's basically what you're doing is strategic tax planning is you're going to pay the taxes. You said you'd pay taxes later and you still will pay the taxes. But you're, you know, how much do I have to pay? Every time I make that tax payment or I'm paying taxes, I want to pull that money away from Uncle Sam and put it back in my control. And I want to have it as my money available to me. I want it to be tax-free growth. I want a tax-free transfer to my kids and tax-free growth for them. And if I want to access the money, I don't want to have to send a chunk to Uncle Sam. That's the advantage of advanced tax management and tax planning going forward. I love the sound of that. But how can we, Bruce, create a tax plan when we have no idea what taxation is going to look like in the years and decades ahead? Well, there's the trick. You know, if you have significant wealth, then, you know, Wall Street will, in fact, call a tax professional in and say, hey, you know, let's work up a tax strategy. I've worked with wealthy people through a lot of my career, and you can't present a plan to them without a tax management strategy. And I asked the dumb question, why doesn't everybody do this? You know, the fact is the financial industry can't provide it. Advisors cannot provide it because it requires a special set of tools. It requires, obviously, experience. It requires a special skill set. And it has to be done on a custom fit basis, on a case-by-case -case basis. So the financial industry is built on products that are one size fits all, where they can market it to 10,000 or 100,000 or a million different prospective customers. But this tax planning is, is absolutely custom fit per case. So knowing what your situation is, and two people, as we've said many times on the show, you can have the same amount of wealth as a coworker or a family member or whatever. You could have it invested in exactly the same things. But you know, based on your lifestyle, your spending, all these things, you can have two totally different tax structures. So that's the key to this is that, you know, finding that level of firm. Most people who do this level of planning are reserving it for people who have $2 million, $4 million, $5 million, $10 million. You know, what we've done over the years is, is we're very efficient. We're using technology. You know, we've built a tax algorithm to do this, and we're one of the top firms that really in the country that do this. It's a unique skill set, but it's something that is available to everybody. And that's why when you hear on the show, you know, we say, you know, if you saved $500,000 or more for your retirement, we're not trying to pick on people or say, hey, you don't have enough money. But that $500,000 is kind of the tipping point where the tax management really starts bringing home the bacon, really starts creating significant value long-term for you, a surviving spouse, and your family. And everything above that, if you're at a million or two million, you've worked hard and contributed to 401s, what have you, it's not even a maybe. It's incredible the savings that you can, that can occur and the money it changes your wealth structure throughout retirement in an amazing way. And, and, you know, when people see that, they say, you know, Bruce, you're the only guy I've ever talked to about this. And, you know, not having that, it is looking at future high tax rates, sunsetting the Trump tax cuts, things that are coming down the pipe. You know, realistically, it's not even an option anymore. You need to have that tax management to get every single dollar out of your nest egg that you can because we may see reduced Social Security or, or changes in Social Security. You may see volatile markets. We may see, you know, lower returns. So where do you look to find more money? You don't want to go back to work. You don't want to be a Walmart greeter. Let's, let's look at that nest egg and say, how do we squeeze the most juice out of the orange? Bruce, you talked about the fact that these services, this type of, of tax planning, was available only to the very wealthy. But you've, oh, but you've changed that. Typically, yes. What led you down this path? You know, really, it's kind of a moral conundrum because when I started working with wealthy people, it was business as usual. And basically, this is how we deal with wealthy people. And these are all the planning points that we will hit, all the opportunities we will take advantage of. And as I saw that, you know, I found that, number one, that it was a much higher level of planning, but I think it was more simplistic and more direct type of planning. But then I look back at all the consumers that I had served for my first 11 years when I was a broker, when I sold products to people. And, and I went, you know, the level of planning I provided them would be deemed as unacceptable to these wealthy people. But what if we flipped that and said, okay, so what about the planning for the wealthy people? Would it benefit the people who don't have that level of wealth? And the answer is yes. 
And why don't they provide it again? Because you don't have the ability to have the experience, the tools, the training, all these things that are necessary to do that. You know, for us at Wealthcare, it, it wasn't our plan to become really tax management professionals, you know, for retirement. That was never the design of Wealthcare. But it was basically, how do we offer this to people? And technology has evolved that lets us do that. But it was basically, it's good enough for the wealthy. What most people have in their planning would be deemed as not good enough for the wealthy. And I think most people realize, you know, if, if you had, you know, two, three, four, five million dollars, you know, your financial company you work with would treat you differently or provide additional benefits. And we've seen that on the Internet, on TV, what have you. You know, so the fact is, don't you deserve the very best? Don't you want to take advantage of the maximum opportunities? And that's the key is adding that to your retirement checklist and getting a plan that is truly comprehensive and has all of those elements, especially the tax management, which in many cases can actually be more valuable, more beneficial long term than even the return on the investments. Thanks, Bruce. Boy, there's much more ahead. During the break, why not call and schedule your complimentary wealth checkup with Bruce and the team at WealthCare? If you've saved $500,000 or more toward your retirement, call now, 888-888-5601. Get more retirement with Bruce Smith continues. What do you do when you get a health diagnosis that doesn't look so good? Most likely, you'll get a second opinion. Shouldn't you treat your wealth the same way? Your financial health has probably declined to the point that you should get an updated diagnosis for your investment portfolio. At the WealthCare Investment Center, a second opinion with one of our elite wealth specialists will include exploring a variety of higher-level planning and management strategies for your wealth. Our proven strategies could help you protect and grow your wealth in these volatile markets, reduce your retirement taxes, and build a consistent plan for income. We look at all possible opportunities to improve your financial health. So take a deep breath, give us a call, and let us give you a second opinion to help you manage your wealth just like you manage your health. If you have saved at least $500,000 or more for your retirement, get a second opinion today from one of our elite wealth specialists. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today. Call the WealthCare team now at 888-888-5601. That number again is 888-888-5601. You can also visit us online at wealthcare.com. That's wealthcare.com. Welcome back. This is Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith. I'm Cheryl White. Hey, I wanted to ask you about your game playing history. I don't know if that's fit for public consumption. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I know. I just left it hanging. No, back in the 80s, Bruce, did you ever play Atari? Oh, God. Ask my wife. I had the Atari 2600, the 2800, the Atari computer, the 400, the 800, the 1200. Yeah, I had it all. Somehow I knew that. But Atari has recognized how much everybody loves that throwback, that retro feel for Atari. So they have a new game console, and it's compatible with the original cartridges from the 80s. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. It's $129. It's a little smaller version of the old Atari 2600. It's got the old wood paneling on it. You remember? Oh, I, I remember the wood panel, the, the black console, the wood, the, those cheesy joysticks that broke and you kept buying a new one at Sears every other week, it seemed like. But here's the thing. Yeah. If you have your old joystick, it'll work on this new one. Hey, you know, Bruce, about a decade before Atari hit the scene, that was in the 80s, states across the country started to make auto insurance mandatory. That was in the 1970s. And now, Bruce, many states are looking into making long-term health care insurance mandatory. So the deal is there are now 19 states thinking about it. One state has already implemented it, and you know how they're doing it. If you don't get your own policy, they're going to take it out of your paycheck if you're still working. Another payroll tax. Okay, that's Exactly. Yeah, the state of Washington, 58 cents for every $100 earned. Wow. And if you're listening, ladies and gentlemen, and you're in the wonderful Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, yes, it's on the list. We're looking at it. Oh, boy. So here's the problem I see with it. You tell me if I'm off base, okay? Even with this tax in the state of Washington, the benefits for you, if it's taken out of your check every week or every month, however often you're paid, is $36,500 in lifetime benefits. Okay. How far would that go? (laughs) About three months in a a nursing home. Sure. And that's the crazy part of the whole thing. You know, when you look at it, 
And you look at the cost factor and you think of how long will this occur? You know, so once again, it's the, you know, everybody pays it, you know, so I mean, is, is this going to be age delineated or are they going to have a 21 year old? You don't have long-term care insurance. So you're paying 58 cents for every hundred dollars you earn along with somebody who's 60 years old. And then of course, that's going to scream, well, wait a second, you know, it won't be there when we get there. And of course that sounds like social security. We're going to talk about that today on the show. It is a problem. I mean, there's no question. I mean, long-term health care is out of sight. You know, I remember when we first started talking about it, I think it was like $4,000 a month. And now you're hard pressed to find under 10,000. Now you might be listening and say, oh, 10,000 a month, he's crazy. The fact is I used to talk about this in the theoretical. When long-term care insurance first came out, we talked about it in the theoretical. You know, I have had a long-term care event in my family, my mother-in-law, and it's not what that monthly bill is just for the stay. You know, you've got to add in all the bandages, all the continence issues. If there's that, then you have, of course, they don't go down to the drugstore and buy a pill bottle with 30 days worth of, of pills. They have saran wrapped daily rations of the pills and the cost is ridiculous. So you can easily be, you know, have a nursing home that's, that's $7,000 a month and find $3,000 a month in ancillary cost. It's a big issue. And when you start adding that up over your lifetime, today it's pretty much at least one and two. So as the great uh, providers are retiring, you've got to fill those spots. You know, hospitals are challenged to find healthcare people to work in the hospitals. You've got, you know, nurses have taken on now to become traveling nurses and, and increase their income and see the world. You know, so there's just a lot of changes in healthcare that's driving the cost up of trying to provide that care in an efficient manner. So when you look at all of this, it's something that you, you've got to have that serious conversation and you've got to say, you know, where will we get the money? you know, for the health care, what will the quality of that health care be? Here's something that Washington state did that many of the states that are considering this tax are not putting in their legislation. And that is they gave their residents a grace period. They said, OK, we're going to do this as of July 1st, 2023. So you have until then to get a policy. Right. It looks good on the surface. It's like, OK, if you're willing to take on that responsibility yourself, we're willing to, you know, forego this tax. But you know, what is the policy that you end up with, whether it be provided by the state or provided by an independent carrier that you're paying for? We had a situation with a, a wonderful client who had sufficient assets. I mean, they could, they could actually pay for their care if they needed mm-hmm. to, but they bought literally, I'm going to say the Mercedes Benz level of a policy that was available with a very well-known insurer. And, you know, we do their annual reviews with them and, and said, hey, you know, here's, it's a good plan. It's with a good company. Everything's great. And lo and behold, the, the gentleman and, and family had a brain issue. They did some surgery and they sent him home and find out that, you know, he had had this policy for so long. But the policy was very specific in that you must be in a home for it to pay. And he's like, I'm not going in a home. I don't want to go in a home. I want to be here at home. And any care providers coming in and taking care. But that in policy, he paid significant money for him and his wife for years and didn't receive one penny of benefit. So, you know, there's just so many levels to this. You know, it's basically where are you getting the coverage from? Is it state provided or personal choice? What is the cost? But knowing what that benefit is. And if you have a policy, whether you got it two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, you really need to have that looked at and understand, you know, what are the benefits? What does it do and what doesn't it do? You know, what does it do with regard to home health care? What does it do with regard to if you need to have a ramp built, for example, to access your home because you want to stay in your home. Mm-hmm. What if a family member wants to take care of you? Is, is there a, a ways for that? And what are the hoops you have to jump through in order to receive the actual benefits? And what we find is that, you know, in most cases that, you know, the cost just becomes prohibitive. These policies go, you know, so you do take it upon yourself and they say so they go up in cost, go up in cost, go up in cost, where it becomes prohibitive. And you say, look, I'm, it doesn't make sense to pay on this anymore. And that's one thing we've done with a lot of our clients is we've earmarked assets and said, okay, let's let's carve off this portion as a subsidy, if you will, to help with long-term care. And if you need the benefit, and we want to find a liberal one that's available to train family members for care or build that ramp or whatever it is. But what if you don't need it? You know, that's everybody's big concern with long-term care is I pay for the insurance. I have the insurance. I have the coverage. But then I die never needing it. I never never had a reason to make a claim. And they say, well, that money's down the tubes. So there's a lot of new hybrid programs out there that allow you to carve off a portion of your wealth and say, okay, if I never need long-term care, I want this money to go to my heirs and I want it to go to them tax-free. So we want that benefit. But if I need it, I can access that. And a lot of times it's a leveraged amount. So maybe they carve off 
$100,000 of their wealth and park it to the side and say, it's the last money I'll ever spend in retirement. But if I need it, I have $250,000 worth of, of long-term care benefits. So the benefit is there if you need it during your lifetime to help offset the cost of long-term care. But if you don't need it, there's still wealth that passes on to your heirs. So that money does not evaporate in the form of ongoing premiums. So there's an option for the personal. We don't work for a company. We basically farm that out. We basically put it out for bids, if you will, to find competitive programs for everybody's individual exact situation. If the state's providing it, you're going to probably find that it's a very low value, as we saw here in the case of Washington, $36,000, which isn't going to go far. And then, you know, to qualify for those benefits, you know, what do you have to do and what mm -hmm. environment do you have to be in? So you want to know that, how you, again, like everything we talk about, you know, and Get More Retirement is how do you get the most bang for the buck? For every dollar you have that's available to you, you want to use every opportunity to maximize that value. And in the area of long-term care, it's not an area that you can ignore, quite frankly, anymore. I mean, it used to be it was one in five would have a long-term care, and we saw that number tick up, tick up, tick up to one in two, you know, so... It's something that's very important to say, you know, let, let's talk, have that discussion, not ignore it, and then say, you know, what's the best way to, to make that feasible? And if you have your own plan, again, most cases you're going to have where the state says, look, you know, we're not going to hit, the, hit you with this tax. So important. It is important. And then there's the question of what happens if I move out of a state and I've been paying that tax? <laughs> well, you're just full of good ones today, yeah. aren't you, Cheryl? Well, Maybe yeah, I mean, that's, I've, I've moved a few times. Yeah. I mean, well, it's like working in another state, you know, and okay, who do I pay income tax to? Well, and it pays sometimes to two states, you know, so here's the case. Oh, I'm sorry, you moved out of our state and you're no longer eligible. Or more likely what I could foresee is if you were in a care facility in Washington and you, and you paid this tax in Washington, you worked in Washington, but you moved to Florida, you know, well, I'm sorry, out of state, we only pay $10,000. I mm -hmm. could see that. Mm -hmm. So much to talk about, think about. If you would like to continue this conversation about long-term care options, I would reach out to Bruce and his team at WealthCare. If you've saved at least $500,000 or more toward your retirement, you can call WealthCare right now. Uh, Bruce is offering a complimentary wealth checkup. You can call anytime, but I would say this is the best time right now. Get it on the calendar, 888-888-5601, 888-888-5601. There is so much more on the way as Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith continues. You've been planning for your retirement for some time. But now you are watching the economy and financial markets destroy your plan. If your path to retirement or through retirement is in question, it's time for a second opinion. At the WealthCare Investment Center, we can help you elevate your planning to weather financial storms today and into the future. We know you don't want to postpone retirement or run out of money during retirement. So now is the best time to talk with an elite wealth strategist. Let us show you how our higher level of planning and management could help you protect and grow your wealth during volatile markets, reduce your retirement taxes, and build a more durable plan for a sustainable retirement income. Let us help you get your planning back on track and moving in the right direction. Now is the right time to upgrade your plan. If you have saved at least $500,000 or more for retirement, get a second opinion today from one of our elite wealth specialists. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today. Call the Wealth Care Team now at 888-888-5601. That number again is 888-888-5601. You can also visit us online at wealthcare.com. That's wealthcare.com. Get More Retirement continues now with Bruce Smith. I'm Cheryl White. Hey, Bruce, I'm sure you've heard uh, like so many different studies on coffee. It's good for you. It's bad for you. Drink it early. Don't drink it late. No, drink it late because it'll calm you down. But if you drink it early, it jazzes you up. I don't know. Coffee seems to be a miracle thing. Do you drink coffee? <sighs> First of all, I was in the Navy and did not drink coffee, okay. which really puts you in a super minority, you know. Yes. Um, and I always said, if coffee tasted like it smelled, it'd be wonderful, you know. <laughs> it does smell um, good. Then eventually, so I finally became a coffee drinker, probably maybe five years ago. I will say, actually, on Saturday, I had my first 
cup of decaf <laughs> oh. because I had a back injury and I, w- I was taking some meds. I did a iced, uh, what do I call it, a cold brew from Duncan and my heart rate went up and I went, wow, never had that before because our trusty Apple watch tells us all these mm-hmm. things. And uh, so I had a cup of decaf and I went, why am I drinking this? <laughs> <laughs> so we have a local uh, drive through it's called the Rose Post. A buddy of mine owns the adjoining property and he, he sells older Corvettes. And I, I stopped in to see him one day and I said, so what's new? And he said, if I knew, he said, I would open a coffee thing, not a Corvette. He said, that place is busy 24-7. And it is. They always have a line, you know, for five bucks for a cup of coffee. Hey, you know? but here's I'm, the great thing he doesn't uh, know, Bruce, that apparently if you drink coffee, you tend to spend more money. Well, he should have free coffee for all of his Corvette buyers then. <laughs> yes, because they found that caffeine creates an energetic arousal, which enhances the appeal of buying non-essential goods. Say that again. That was like a tongue twister. That was pretty good. Researchers <laughs> think that caffeine consumption creates a state of energetic arousal, which enhances the appeal of non-essential goods. I would agree with that. So I would say that's true. Yeah, and I think it really explains a whole lot of stuff around my house. So, (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) Ah, All right. So, again, we take a turn. And I want to take you from the the caffeine crash to the uh, market crash. Because, you know, if you drink too much coffee, Mm -hmm. you're going down hard later on. Big time. Absolutely. Yeah, and the big short investor, the guy who was really famous for correctly predicting the housing market collapse in 2008, is now betting more than 90% of his portfolio, Bruce, on a Wall Street crash. CNN reports it amounts to more than $1.6 billion. Do you think he's right? That's Michael Burry. I don't know. I mean, he's going big on this. Well, there's there's kind of a couple pieces to this one. So first of all, whenever you're buying, and he's buying options, in buying options, options are leverage. So, for example, you can buy a million dollars worth of options but the cost is not a million dollars. So I think there's a little bit of a slant in how they're illustrating it. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, when I used to work exclusively with, with wealthy people, they would buy downside options on their portfolio so that if the market went up, they made money, but the options were worthless. But if the market went down, you know, it basically automatically insured their portfolio. It rebuilt their portfolio. It gave them the capital they had lost in the value of the options. So part of what he's doing is, in fact, that. If he buys all these downside options and the market goes up, the options would be worthless, but he has the profit of the market going up. If the market goes down, then he has insured his portfolio. So that's the normal process, and it's something that, quite frankly, is done quite often. You know, to the degree that he has done this, that it's such a, a large portfolio is what I think makes it newsworthy. But I think there's a little bit of a twist and a slant put on this. I correctly said this. I remember last presidential election, I got called by a prominent newspaper in New York, and they wanted to quote me on you know, what I thought the market was going to do after the election. And, and I said, I have no idea. I said, and I'm being honest, you know, I said, anybody who who wants to prognosticate, it's a guess. I learned years ago, it was a very interesting meeting. They were talking about the weatherman and they said, you know, when they teach weather people that if you're going to guess about something, you're going to talk about the future, give them the bad news. Tell them, you know, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be this, it's going to be that. And and, because you think that weather is a 50-50 shot. If I say it's going to be nice outside and it's nice, I was right. If it's not nice, I was wrong. It's a 50-50 chance. And what they proved is not really... Because if you predict the downside, and as they said, so if it's down, you were right, you're a hero. Mm-hmm. But if it's nice outside, people forget that you said it was going to be down, and they're happy about it. So you don't really get hammered on it as bad. So it's it's not really that way. This is kind of the same thing. It's He may be right. If the market goes down, he's going to you know, bang his, his gong and say, look at me, I, I was right again. If he's not right, it'll kind of just like fade into oblivion. But there's other people that, that are buying upside options, you know, so. Okay. Um, and take these things in pieces and, and analyze them. But what I see from 36 years of doing this is, you know, he's basically doing what he, what many people would do. He's self-insuring his portfolio by buying downside options. The volume that he's buying is, in fact, newsworthy and saying, look, I was correct that I, I guessed on this. I mean, truthfully, couldn't you say that every person who bought downside options last time the market crashed guessed correctly? Sure. You know, <laughs> so that's that's my take on it. I see. Well, you know what? That really makes more sense 
And it kind of tamps down some of the fear that comes when you see a headline like this that it seems to be indicating we are headed for a stock market crash. Exactly. And that's and, and scary. We have so many people that like they'll, they'll say, well, I saw this in Barron's or I saw this in, in a certain financial magazine or whatever. And I say, OK, let's start with the baseline. Where did you find this source? What was the purpose of where you found it? You know, the purpose of Barron's is to sell advertising space. Mm -hmm. It's not to control your portfolio. But if you if you read about an article about a certain thing and then you go seven pages forward and there's a big full page ad from that company, eh, there could be a little bit of a slant there. You know, what is informational? What is newsworthy? And what is reality? That's how that's my view on it. Well, let's switch just a little bit from the stock market to the real estate market. Most of us invested in the real estate market in one way or another. Some people have more than one property that's part of their diversified portfolio, but most of us have at least a home. Mm -hmm. So the real estate market is something that impacts all of us. And right now, buyers and sellers appear to be at a standoff, at least according to the Redfin CEO. His name is Glenn Kelman. Speaking on Fox Business, he says high mortgage rates are having a real impact on all of this for two reasons. You know, people who have a low mortgage rate aren't going to want to sell and people are reluctant to buy with rates so high. So mm -hmm. they're just looking at each other, right? So what if we do have you know, some properties in our portfolio and we would like to sell right now. That would make sense, but nobody's buying. Does it make sense to just hang on or sell low? <laughs> well, it, it, again, it's, it's looking at the total portfolio, not just the real estate by itself or not just the non-real estate by itself. You know, certainly we have clients that are in these positions where you get to a certain point, especially if you've practiced as being a landlord of those properties, and they're like, hey, I'm getting up in years or, hey, I want to relocate to mm -hmm. Florida and I don't want to have to deal with this anymore. And we're seeing that exactly correct. What you said about the marketplace is that, you know, remember, we went through that phase during COVID where real estate prices just went to the moon, you know, and there were people that are like, hey, you know, I, I, I'll get the best number I ever got from my house. Let's do this now. More so, we saw people who said, OK, this is a great chance for me to upgrade. I can sell my house for this and go over here and buy this house. Well, that house was elevated, too. So now interest rates have crept up to where people don't want to get back to reality on real estate prices because they were overly inflated. Right. But then the buyer is like, well, wait a second, it's going to cost me this much money. I have a good friend recently. He was going to sell his house, his primary residence. You know, and I had a friend who was interested in it. And we were talking and, and he's, he said, you know, I've got a 2% mortgage. You know, why would I leave that property? Because if I go to replace it, I'm going to have to pay an 8% mortgage somewhere. And that's a significant cost difference. This was kind of a crossroads, you know, between what's happening with the Fed, which we talked about earlier, and what's happening in the real estate market. And you're going to start seeing where the prices won't be supported at the level they are because people are looking at the total cost with the interest. So you'll start to see housing you know, come down. Now, if somebody has a portfolio... And you say, what do I do with it? You know, well, you know, do you need to sell, number one? Number two, what's the purpose in selling? And what we tell people is, is moderation is always best. You know, let's not just make a decision on all of the properties as one solution. You know, maybe it makes sense to sell off 20% of the portfolio at this point, at this juncture, and let's see what happens, you know, with the Fed, with the real estate market. I don't think you're going to see real estate escalate. It may not even go up normal inflation numbers. It may go down. What's that long-term impact? And that's why... You know, we always look at, at people's wealth in our, in our planning, our advanced planning strategies and say, okay, you know, what's that total pile of cash look like that's going to provide that lifestyle you need and provide for unforeseen circumstances like, you know, long-term care event or a premature death or whatever. Mm -hmm. where, where will the money come from? Um, so it's, again, but it should be decided on a case-by-case -case basis, you know, not just this is what the general temperament is out there in the, in the workplace or in the, in the real estate market. Uh, so do we do this with all of our stuff or not? I think moderation is important. Well, you know, Bruce, there's a there's a home right down the street from me. It's um, on the on the market for one point two million dollars. It's okay. a great house. It's been sitting there for six months. OK, I saw a recent story that the higher the price on homes, the longer they're sitting right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I hate to see that because it's a beautiful home. And it's just been sitting. Mm -hmm. And you and I often wonder, because of what we do every week, I wonder, what's the situation with the people selling that house? Is that something that they need to do? Is that why it's sitting there that long? Or, you know, what what's happening there? Well, it's not just on houses. We see it on, on RVs, high-end RVs, actually all RVs. Uh, you know, I, I, we were... 
we were talking at one point about getting a a, 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 a you know a coach essentially maybe to be able to go out and do do vacations and such. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, I recently had a dealer call me and he had taken one hundred and fifty thousand dollars off, which I was just blown away. But I mean, that, wow. that that market is soft because there you've got fuel, you've got yes. so many things that come into the equation. Um, so in the real estate, it's, you know, first of all, in many times you have a realtor involved you know what they told you, you could get for your house. You know, a wise man once told me, he said, he said, something is worth what somebody is willing to pay. Yes. Period. That's it. End of story. There is no other math, no fancy equations. That's the fact. And, and that's the case. So if you list it for X, um, you know, if somebody is interested and says, Hey, I'm going to offer you a Y, you know, either you accept it or you don't. The question is, you know, are they bypassing you automatically because they don't feel you would come down to their number? Uh, if I see something and I want to make an offer on it, I'll make an offer even if it seems ridiculous, you know, because I've, I've had good luck with that over mm-hmm. my lifetime. There's a lot of pieces to that puzzle. Real estate broker came over that number. But again, at the end of the day, it's, it's finding that, that meeting point where the offer made or, or the amount asked is, is a match between a buyer and a seller. Yes. So if you have real estate, even if you're talking about your home and you want to sell it right now, but finding that difficult, is that the right move? There may be some other options. If you'd like to dig deeper into this subject, and keep in mind, if you've saved at least $500,000 towards your retirement, you can get a complimentary wealth checkup. And that's from Bruce and the team at WealthCare. The number is 888-888-5601. That's just part of a diversified portfolio. So you can go in and talk about your portfolio, the overview. Now, he's not going to look at what you've done already. He's going to look at what will happen in the future. Am I right, Bruce? You're going to look at the stress testing, what you have in the portfolio. First of all, what we do is we have an opportunity analysis where we say, what are the things you want to have in as part of your portfolio? And I don't mean, you know, I'm not saying gold or you know, industry or whatever. I'm talking about, you know, opportunities like, you know, I would like to have protection of my wealth against the market and, and uh, this percent of my portfolio. I'd like to have wealth preservation strategies. I'd like to have, you know, active managed strategies. I'd like to have a tax management strategy. I want to have a strategy that maximizes what goes to my family if something happens to me. So you pick from that list of opportunities and we will build the plan based on your design, not our design. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then once we have that, then we'll go back and input what you're currently doing. And it shows you, it'll show you the cost difference. So in other words, for example, we talked about this on the show before, our one case study, the portfolio change, we were able to reduce the risk by about 40%. And it was projecting at age 90, about $300,000 more money, which is a significant change. But the tax management strategy, building that in, actually increased the wealth projected $1.5 million. So there, there's five times the amount of, of benefit from the tax planning as there was from the investment planning. So we build the plan not to take yours and then compare it and say, here's something better. Right. But let's, let's build from scratch what you're trying to accomplish and then let's compare it. And so in this case, you know, not having a tax strategy, the cost of not having that was a projected $1.5 million. Mm-hmm. That's money I'd rather not spend, you know, so yeah. Okay, well, the number to call is this, 888-888-5601. Just ahead, does an 850 credit score really matter? How high is high enough? And travel with a twist. You choose the date, they choose the destination. As Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith continues here. Blinded by the light, wrapped up like a douche Are you afraid to look at your financial statements? Are you shredding them without opening them? If so, it's time for you to get a second opinion from the WealthCare Investment Center. At WealthCare, our portfolios are designed using proven risk reduction strategies to help protect and preserve your wealth during market downturns while maintaining the opportunity for strong growth when the market turns upward. All of our wealth managers are fiduciaries that will always put your interest above all others. If you need a plan to better manage the ups and downs of the financial market, we are ready to help. Let us help you explore the opportunities available from using a higher level of planning and management for your wealth. Instead of shredding or avoiding your financial statements, let's take a look at them together. If you have saved at least $500,000 or more for your retirement, get a second opinion today from one of our elite wealth specialists. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today. Call the WealthCare team now at 888-888-5601. 
That number again is 888-888-5601. You can also visit us online at wealthcare.com. That's wealthcare.com. Get more retirement with Bruce Smith continues now. I'm Cheryl White. Well, here's another thing. I don't know if it's really possible hitting that 850 credit score. I mean, that's as high as it goes. But is it really necessary, Bruce? Bank rate tells CNBC 760 means practically the same thing as 850 in the eyes of a lender. Anything else is just bragging rights. That's true. It's really very true. And really? Sad, the sad part is it's actually getting worse because obviously with higher interest rates, we're seeing more defaults. And that's one thing is, so what is acceptable isn't locked in concrete. It is a market-based acceptability. So if, if we're finding more people, if their credit scores are sliding because the general market out there defaults, you know, credit card behind, house payments are behind, so we're seeing increases in that with the rise of interest rates. So, you know, a bank may say, well, we'll give this level of loan to somebody with a credit score of 760. They may lower that to 740 because they want to have X, X dollar volume of loans. So it is a movable thing. But the eight it used to be, I think the break point is 800, 800, 850 is considered exceptional. 750 to 800, there's a level for that. But I don't know there's really a, a giant disparity. You can get some incredibly favorable Mine is 800, you know, and I get some ridiculous offers. I mean, I don't need any credit. <laughs> we keep mm-hmm. our stuff paid off, but you get special deals or you know, special enhancements to different credit offerings from credit cards or what have you. But you do want to pay attention to it. And that's one thing I am excited about is that more of the credit card companies, more of the financial companies are including, I know I, I'm not here to shill for anybody, but I know Capital One, if you have their credit card, they have your credit score monitoring and you used to be able to update it weekly. It's now gone to daily. You can log in and, and hit the button and it'll do the scan and say, here's your credit score. I think it's important to know that because as far as, it's, and again, in, in the marketplace, being pre-approved for a car loan, a vacation loan, a RV loan, home mortgage, whatever, getting pre-approval on those things really gives you control of the process and controlling price. If you know that you're pre-approved mm-hmm. for a car loan of X and you go to the lot and you say, hey, I'll, I'll give you this much you know, and I have my own credit or I have a credit score of this. That's a different animal. And somebody just making an offer on something and then the dealer runs the credit and goes, oh, well, they, they don't have good credit, so they're going to pay a ridiculous interest rate. Those are important things. But yeah, in today's marketplace, if you're in the, the mid sevens, uh, 750, 770, somewhere in there, everything above that is you're going to get the same loans, same rates. That is so interesting because I always thought it was better to try and go for the higher number. Not that I'll let anything slide, but I just thought it was so interesting. Is there any difference in obtaining credit post-retirement as pre? Oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah. First of all, one thing that will impact your credit score, and people don't realize this, and I get caught up in this one because I'm thrifty, and I'll use that word, is the number of credit inquiries on your account. You know, too many people asking about your credit is a negative. And we were going on vacation, and we needed a new suitcase, went to Kohl's, could not believe the price of suitcases, to be honest with you. And they said, you know, but if you get the Kohl's credit card, we give you $75 off. Well, $75, that's money that's not out of my pocket. Okay. So yeah, give me the Kohl's credit card, then I'll cancel it when I get back from vacation. And it shows up on your credit report. You do that, you know, you get a couple of these good credit card deals. It actually torpedoes your uh, your credit score for six months or a year. So you have to be careful of that. Mm-hmm. Now, what was your question? I'm sorry. Does age matter? Oh, or p- yeah. after retirement? Well, the thing is, if you, you know, a bank, you know, you need the ability to repay the loan. And that's one thing we, we tell a lot of our pre-retirees is even though you own that house, even though you have equity in that house, we recommend you you know get set up for a home equity line of credit so you have that credit available to you because while you're working because your income is X and you qualify and everything's fine. And once you have it, they typically renew it and it's not a big deal. But you could theoretically own your house, have it fully paid off, but have a low level of income, Social Security only or whatever, and they look at your expenses, your monthly bills and say, well, you don't have enough to sustain this loan that you're asking for. So just because you have equity in something doesn't mean you have loan power. So yeah, it's a, it is a big difference and, and something you've got to consider before you retire. And the other thing to remember, this one we see way too often, is people think because they have a retirement account, because they have an IRA, because they have a sizable amount in there, that that's great. They can borrow money. And the fact is, you know, you cannot use any retirement account as collateral for a loan. 
that's something that is unacceptable and not available. So some people thought they were going to do that, and it's not possible. So essentially, that's invisible as far as the bank's concerned. It's not income. It's it's retirement money, isn't it? Because if you encumbered somebody's retirement account, obviously, you could put them in a world of hurt if they defaulted on a loan. That's why that federal law exists. So Wow. Yeah. Well, yep. that's interesting, and I did not know that. Okay. So today, Cheryl has learned something on our show here at Get More Retirement. We hope you have, too. <laughs> I learn something every time we talk. But yeah. maybe I can share something with you you don't know. I, I'm not uh, sure. I doubt I can surprise you. Here but... it comes. Here it comes. Okay. So I found this new travel trend. It's mm-hmm. called the Mystery Tour. Okay. So some travel companies are offering these surprise trip. So for a flat fee, what you do is you give them a range of dates and a range of dollar amount, and then they plan the whole trip, but you don't know where you're going Yeah. until the absolute last minute when you're getting ready to get on the plane, boat, or whatever, then you find out. But until then, it's a surprise. I don't get that one. I really, I mean, personally, I think it's cool. I could go for that. We've had some amazing things that our clients have done. And the one that I always obviously love is I love the one where the husband or the wife, without consulting the other one, makes all the travel arrangements, whatever, and says, pack your suitcase, we're leaving tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And not going to tell you where we're going, what we're doing, just to make it happen. That's great. I've been married for 46 years. And, Congratulations. Uh, I, have, I, have, I have news for you. There's lots of things I would love to go do that Monica would not want to go do. So something like that would not work. I have seen kind of that level, but one additional qualifying piece is, you know, where are we going? You know, so if you said, I, I want to go to Cancun, it's like, okay, so we have a vacation package. We're not going to tell you where you're going to end up, but we guarantee it's at least a three-star hotel. Because what they're doing is they're looking for ways to complete inventory sure. in, in their travel. So that's what this whole thing's about. And there's some incredible deals, you know, that can be had in that regard. Variable travel dates is another way to save money. We met a gentleman on a cruise that we were on. We were doing open dining so we could go whenever we wanted to eat. And you meet new people, and it's kind of cool. And ironically, this guy's name was Bruce. And so we sat down. The first thing he did was he ordered six shrimp cocktails for dinner to get to appetizer for his dinner. It's kind of like, okay. <laughs> and he knew the lady that was serving us on the ship and he's asking about the major D and it's like, wow, okay, this guy's really plugged in. Come to find out that he's retired. He lives 40 miles from the cruise port. He keeps his bag packed all the time and he's on the hotline with the cruise ship. Like if they're not full, they send him a message. He calls a limo, picks him up at his house. At that time, he had done 24 cruises that year. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, Bruce, he said, I come here. There's health care available if I need it. I meet new people. I'm eating good. I sleep good. I got a great room. I got a great view. I see destinations. He said, but I've come to know everybody on the ship. It's almost like I'm crew. And he said, I pay like 200 or $250. He said, I can't put food in my refrigerator for what I pay to be here. <laughs> wow. Believe me, there, there's a group of people. One of the things we've talked about, you know, when I eventually retired, I would like to live within X number of miles of a cruise port. There's lots of cool things out there if you explore them. It's amazing what can be done. Yeah, that's spontaneous travel. Mm-hmm. And that's fun, too. But I kind of am intrigued by the idea of not knowing. I mean, you could go somewhere you're totally uninterested in, but then maybe you do find something fascinating about that place. You've got to go beyond your own boundaries. That's the one sad part of age. I always say the price of wisdom is age, but we outthink ourselves. We limit Mm -hmm. ourselves. So we're so wonderlust when we're young. And, you know, we go here and go there and zip line and do anything. And, And as we get older, we figure out all the things we wouldn't do. You know, and the question really becomes, I mean, other than physically being unable to, why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you want to see the pyramids? Why wouldn't you want to take a river cruise, you know, over in Europe? Why wouldn't you want to visit Italy? Why wouldn't you want to, you know, me, I personally would love to go to Antarctica. Monica has zero interest in that one, you know. <laughs> yep. But we just saw some things with Alaska. I haven't been to Alaska yet. You know, that's on the list. So I think there's there things like that. Now, obviously, you want a reputable you know, source for this. You don't want, you know, Charlie's uh, travel <laughs> firm and frozen lobster. You know, you don't. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Paying attention and really making your money go the furthest. That's the name of the game is, is how do you squeeze the most juice out of the orange? And that's something we do, you know, on the planning level and for the portfolio level, for the retirement nest egg level. But but also, you know, how you're spending that money. How do you mm-hmm. get more bang for the buck? It's and something, I mean, I, I got free lunches as a kid. We've talked about that on, on the mm-hmm. show many times. And, you know, I learned the, the power of a dollar very quickly when I was younger, and it's never left me. And we share that with our clients. So, and our clients share ideas like that with us. So, I mean, we become a great resource, not just for the traditional investment things, but, you know, we share that pool of knowledge with our people. Or somebody says, hey, I'm thinking about buying an RV. 
We had a gentleman who moved to Florida, was looking for an RV, and, and we gave him some guidance. And he called me up and he's like, Bruce, I can't believe this. I took your advice. I went met with this guy and he said he had a camper. I liked it. And he said, but it was a little bit bigger than what my truck would pull. And told him, I said, make an offer. I said, I said, even if it seems foolish, make an offer. And he got it for, it wasn't much more than the guy really wanted for the camper. He got the truck and the camper the guy oh. had. And he was so ecstatic. Here's the wisdom my buddy gave me. He used to flip houses. And he said, if I make an offer on something that I'm not ashamed to tell my mother about, I offered too much. And, and he said, I make foolish offers and I get some incredible real estate by doing that. And it's like, huh. And if you don't make the offer, you never know. Good point. Well, I was just thinking, Bruce, that mystery travel could really be very, very interesting. I, I might want to do that. But mystery retirement, that I do not want to do. <laughs> no. So planning for the future, as we talk all the time, is the key for success. And wealth care can help you get there. If you've saved at least 500000 towards your retirement, call now and schedule your complimentary wealth checkup. Stress test your retirement plan. Boy, is that ever important. 888-888-5601, 888-888-5601. Bruce and I thank you for joining us today. We will be back next week with another edition of Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith. You've been planning your retirement for some time, but now you are watching the economy and financial markets destroying your plan. If your path to retirement or through retirement is in question, it's time for a second option. At the Wealthcare Investment Center, we can help you elevate your planning to weather financial storms today and into the future. We know you don't want to postpone retirement or run out of money during retirement. So now is your best time to talk with an elite wealth strategist. Let us show you how our high level of planning and management could help you protect and grow your wealth during volatile markets, reduce your retirement taxes, and build a more durable plan for a sustainable retirement income. Let us help you get your planning back on track and moving in the right direction. Now is the right time to upgrade your plan. If you have saved at least $500,000 or more for your retirement, get a second opinion from one of our elite wealth specialists. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today. Call the Wealthcare team now at 888-888-5601. That number again is 888-888-5601. You can also visit us online at wealthcare.com. That's wealthcare.com. Advisory services offered through the Wealthcare Investment Center, a registered investment advisory firm. Insurance products and services offered through American Assets Financial Corp. and RIA Wealth Solutions LNC. The information contained in the material provided is for informational purposes only, and no statement contained here should constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Our program content is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. You should seek advice on legal and tax questions from an independent attorney or tax advisor. Our firm is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. This radio program is sponsored by the Wealthcare Investment Center.